Hello and welcome to the Business of Authority. I'm Jonathan Stark. And I'm Rochelle Moulton. And today we're going to talk about why you want to create first. First, i.e. before anything else. So I've been on a tear on my daily mailing list writing about uh, stuff that people have replied and said, ooh, getting all philosophical, are we? (laughs) (laughs) Because, uh, so, and the, the general topic for folks that aren't on my mailing list is is about where your thoughts come from and that you do not decide what to think. You can direct your thoughts, but you can't pick the next one that springs up. We can debate that, but um, at the, the I think the most acceptable way to say it is that your environment, uh, stimulus, different things will create involuntary thoughts in your head that then sort of a domino effect. They can keep turning, they can turn into a train of thought that you didn't start. And and people are like, why are you writing about this? And, and I was thinking about it just, just as a little context. It's because over the years, coaching people on business things, it's pretty common for non-business things to creep in and be obstacles. And a lot of them have to do with internal monologue, stories we tell mm. ourselves, yeah. self-discipline, self-control self-esteem you know there's a lot of these sorts of things can creep in so it starts to become a topic of interest of mine just to effectively do the business stuff with people sometimes you have to you know not get into therapy mode but it is it is more of like philosophy mode almost for me so anyway i've been been thinking about it and talking about it on the list so we thought we'd bring it onto the show because people seem to like it. it seems to be helpful yeah, and I, I I started thinking like when you were saying that that it's there's a mindset piece of what we do in in business and and we touch it when we coach and and we don't touch it at our peril right because mm-hmm. it's it's not like everybody needs to follow these three steps five steps ten steps and they'll be a brilliant success it's we all have our own internal hurdles to leap over and you know you have to understand what those are yeah. Yeah, I, I used to be a, a fan of, you know, just do this. And then yeah. you, you come across enough people that are like, I can't. And I'm like, why? <laughs> just do it. And they're like, I don't know why I can't. And so I'm like, okay, <laughs> you know. Um, but anyway, so uh, I, we were talking about this before the show, and you brought up, is it was it Marie Forleo that had I this kind think, of? I think it was, because I know I wrote a post about this a number of years ago, and, and it was it, – Basically, the quote was, first you create. And I yeah. just, I love that. I mean, I, I think it's always been my philosophy. I just never stated it as clearly as she did in that moment. But it's first you create. That's the most important thing. Because otherwise, you're always listening to other people. You're not finding your own, and I use voice in quotes because it, it might not be speaking or writing. It might be something else that you're creating. Mm. Right. And so everyone listening probably is or or it would benefit their business if they were coming up with new insights and intellectual property and f- models and frameworks and ways mm-hmm. to think about things and ways to say things. And, you know, e- even if it's figuring out or like brainstorming in your own mind what your new positioning might be or how to articulate it or whatever. I mean, how you're going to deal with your client phone call. There's something... There's something that you could be thinking about, thinking about other than like you know banal daytime TV or <laughs> right. So like and right, what's what's going on with the Johnny Depp Amber Heard trial? <laughs> do you know how hard it is to avoid that? Oh, 
and the latest Kardashian wedding. Yeah, it's all over uh, oh, everything. Oh, I haven't heard of that. But every, <laughs> every time I go on Twitter, because I go on Twitter maybe, you know, every, well, it's actually, you know what I do? This is what happens. We eat dinner. After dinner, we wordle, as one does. Uh-huh. And then I tweet my results. And that's it. And <laughs> And it's like, you can't not get hit over the head with this like stupid celebrity trial and, and i'm like i wonder how many millions of people are spending millions of person hours giving this any thought at all and it's it's it, it's, it's mind-boggling i mean there are people that are physically there at the trial just to support whatever side they're supporting it's yeah there's there's plenty of opportunities to be distracted let's put it that way yeah there's no shortage there's no shortage of that and that brings up an interesting point, which is, which is, you know, I don't know about you, but I can remember the days before smartphones. I'm old enough to remember that. <laughs> of course, I can remember those. And boredom, smartphones killed boredom. So, and boredom is the place where I think a lot of creativity, like boredom is that yeah. tension where you get creative because you're bored. Yeah. And if you can just reach for your phone and, and you know, go down a whatever TikTok rabbit hole for 45 minutes and be like whoa where am i yeah then, you totally lose track of time right and and if i'm not going to completely i'm not going to completely say that's bad because if you feel better after you do that then okay it was beneficial but i had deleted TikTok off my phone because i was like i do not feel better after that happens i feel a lot mm -hmm. worse i feel a lot worse when i'm in a waiting room exposed to a tv for 90 minutes i feel a lot worse when I go down one of these, you know, YouTube shorts things, or if I get into a fight on Twitter, I feel a lot worse every single time. So I modified my environment so that those things, you know, long ago, so that those things are just, uh, obviously they're not totally inaccessible, but I increase the amount of friction so that if I go to reach for one in a kind of robotic way, it's not there. And then I'm like, oh, right. The <laughs> smarter version of myself deleted that off my phone. So now I'd have to go install the app to do it, and I'm in almost never <laughs> is that is that a hurdle that I can clear. So I just you know Instagram not on it, none of them. We haven't had TV for years and years and years. Um, but when you were talking about the the create first thing, it reminded me of uh, eating dessert after dinner, not before dinner. You know, mm -hmm. and, and yep. the I have a kind of a ritual after dinner, assuming assuming that we cook and there's dirty dishes, which is most nights. Uh, I generally do the dishes and I have for a long time, it's been a habit of mine to listen to podcasts or audiobooks while I'm doing the dishes. And if, if it's a day when I haven't yet written my daily email, or if it's toward the end of the week and I haven't got an idea for the, the comic joke mm -hmm. for the comic on Sunday, I'll, I'll feel myself, I'll open the dishwasher and I feel this spontaneous impulse to like, <laughs> oh yeah, go get your earbuds. It's bizarre. Yeah. It's like, Yep. It's like Pavlovian. And then I'll think, did I do the email yet? And and if the answer is no, then I w I'll force myself through a, a, an effort of will to not go get my earbuds. Mm -hmm. And if I if I if I fail to do that and I listen anyway, I'm like, oh, I'm just gonna, I'll just do it after. Then what happens is I won't think of anything right. while I'm listening. You don't Even have the if idea. No, I just won't have an idea. If I don't put the earbuds in, even if even if I have already written, it's almost guaranteed I'm going to have a reasonably interesting idea while I'm doing the dishes. If I'm bored, if my brain is bored, idle, I'll come up with something. 
I think it's partially because I'm in a habit of creating stuff. I have to do it every single day. So my brain automatically goes there when it's bored. I don't know if it would happen if I presumably that wouldn't happen with everyone. But uh, since I have an outlet for the idea, it doesn't just it, it, it like wants to I think if I didn't have an obvious outlet for ideas, they'd, they'd be a little bit more like a <laughs> popcorn machine in there. Just like, oh, idea, yes. idea, idea with nowhere for it to go. But yeah. since I have an outlet and my brain is idle, I'm auto, it just, the, it's, it's and a deadline. conditions. And a deadline. And a deadline. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it produces the conditions for, for me like, oh, well, let me wrestle. Oh, that's interesting. Let me go d- farther down that rabbit hole and like see if that goes somewhere. See if I can change the wording in my mind so that it's more... Uh, effective or punchy or memorable or something and I could just kind of like chew on it and I love doing that it's it's funny that I get the dessert impulse even though I would rather do that why would I ever listen to a podcast at that at that time like it's why, why does it pull me in and it it does feel like listening to a podcast or a book even if they're educational because I, I barely I only listen to, I think one entertainment po- two two entertainment podcasts and and the rest of them are audiobooks or like business things and even then, if I listen to those, because you, you, you could argue, oh, well, you might get an idea from the book or you might get an idea mm-hmm. from yep. the podcast. And that's true. The problem is my hands are wet, so I can't stop the thing to like catch, capture the idea. And then the show moves on and I forget it. So it just disappears. So it's You need one of those little things they make for showers, right? That are <laughs> wet with the little markers. You can, you can yeah. like, put that on your refrigerator with magnets or something and go write a note. Yeah, or to or like yell out to she who must not be named and say like, remind me. <laughs> oh, good luck with that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, can you imagine like what you'd get when you checked it later? Be like, you know, dog fires in the banana patch. And <laughs> but anyway, so yeah, this uh, this is I'm I've become utterly fascinated with this concept for the past couple of weeks. So I'm I'm probably so yeah. in here. Well, you know, it's funny because you know you do the dishes while I I do the cooking, right? So it's the end of my day. And that is when I consume entertainment. And I have an iPad in the kitchen and I'll have a show on. Um, sometimes it's inspirational. Sometimes it's a comedy. Sometimes it's, um, uh, you know, just like, you know, just a Netflix show or a, mm-hmm. a movie. I'll watch a movie in like a couple parts while, you know, over a couple of nights. But what's interesting is sometimes things will just hit me, which is why I always have some way to write it down, which is usually just my phone and sending myself an email. But uh, just just the other day, I was I was watching the Warhol Diaries. I had that book forever and I never cracked it, but somehow when they finally made it into a series, it's interesting to me. And there were so many notes that I made listening to these different people talk about about art and Warhol, who was a really unusual character for his time. And it, I mean, it was fascinating. So it's, it yes, it was entertainment, but my mind was free enough that I could see or hear something in it. And I think to your point, when you have an outlet, you know, a deadline and some some idle time or some free space in your brain, things happen. It's like, yeah. It's, it's like I got the the idea for soloist women when I was working out at the gym with weights, which I find so incredibly boring. And I have my iPad with me. I set the, the timer so I know how long I'm, I'm on it, but I don't look at it. And I do it on purpose. And it's the same thing as you. It's like I want to open it. I want to, mm-hmm. I don't know, check an email or, you know, see what the market's doing today. Like I, I want to do something like that. And I don't. 
And it's where some of my best ideas come from because we're moving our body in some way. Like you're doing the dishes, you're running your hands through water. You know, I'm pushing my legs against a weight. Mm -hmm. And our brain just works in concert with our body and we get these great ideas. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. And I admit, like, like you, I can be reading a book or even listening to a book and get inspired and and but i gotta stop the thing and then see like oh what was the idea and then okay Mm -hmm. uh, and i might bookmark it or highlight it or 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 do a you can do like a little i think it's called a clip or something you know if an audiobook so that does happen but it's not like um there's something about the the fact that i can't I don't know. It's, I get, you know, I don't, it's ironic maybe where the word flow comes from, but like something about the water and it, mm-hmm. I'm trapped almost that, uh, yeah, it's inevitable. It's like guaranteed. It's You're guaranteed. At the sink. Right. You know, I'm actually, at the sink. I like that word. Actually, I will tra- trapped isn't, there's a lot of judgment around that word, but <sighs> that idea that I'll call it stationary. Um, and it's, I think about when I write my, the weekly piece that goes out on Wednesday, I usually write that on Monday mornings, but I have a time set aside. And sometimes I have an idea in advance, sometimes I don't, but there's something about having that piece of time carved out and I, you know, I have to produce, got a deadline, got to have an idea, got to write something. And it's having that space and moment in time fully dedicated to doing this thing that at least for me makes all the difference and it's on my calendar. Nobody can schedule over it. Right. Yeah. I, I, we've talked about this before. That doesn't work for me, but I totally understand why it works for, for people. It's, yeah. It's almost like there's, it seems like a 50, 50 split when I work with people in coaching who, who can keep appointments with themselves and who can't, I can't. So, but it's great, but it totally makes sense. And I, like the way I do it, as we've talked about before, is that I've just got this to-do list that comes back every day. And I constantly know at a gut level if I've got stuff hanging over me still for the day. Like mm-hmm. I know, I don't have to check. Yeah. Like I, I can picture in my mind that there's still a bunch of stuff on it or there, or that it's empty. And it, and I notice when I do everything earlier in the day that I'm way more relaxed. I'm like, I'm like off yeah. for the day. It's yeah. the weirdest feeling it's almost like it's almost like I don't I don't know what to do. <laughs> well, I, it's yeah. I, I was just gonna say I think it's great that you that you have that that feeling. I mean, because that's really what we're talking about for people, regardless of you know the how you structured your business. You want to be able to do what you need to do and then let it go. Mm-hmm. And obviously, you can't let it go until it's done. Great. Right. That's being a responsible business owner, right? But I, you know, and you can see the difference because when you do it in the morning, you're like, oh, well, gee, I can take the kids for lunch today or I can go yeah, for a walk. Like, go fish with Maggie or, yeah, pick up dog yeah. poop. It's like, yeah. It's like, <laughs> pick up dog poop. Okay. Yeah. It's a new one. Got to do it. Gotta, you, can't, you can't be working <laughs> on the garden, like stepping over landmines. So, yeah, it's. Uh, Okay, so who cares? Like, why does this matter? Well, I think we mentioned at the top, it's like you almost certainly, if you're building an authority business, you know, based on some expertise and you're, you know, trying to, whether you're leading a revolution or you just want to uh, be recognized as the go-to person, as the expert for the your area of expertise, then it's like, okay, you need to be producing content. It probably, it's, you know, a great rule of thumb to be producing content regularly 
that's good quality, high quality, that's worth the time it takes to read or listen to. And, you know, how do you find the time? This drives me crazy. How do you find the time to do it? Uh, and that's one of the things that I, that I, some students of mine will wrestle with. They're like, you know, how much time should I spend working on my business? And I'm like 20 hours a week. And they just like laugh. They're like, are you, it's impossible. And I'm like, well, it's, you know, you, maybe you're not going to get there overnight, but that's, I think, you know, spend half of your time working on your business and, and half the time working in it, doing client work or whatever, you know, just as a general rule of thumb. And they're like, that's impossible. I, I don't have enough time to do my client work now. And I'm like, you got to start setting your mm-hmm. priorities in a way that allows you to do that. And if that means bootstrapping it by, I don't know, creating a productized service over a weekend or at nights that, you know, outside of client work time so that you can then start selling that or whatever, you know, so, you know, start a mailing list or a podcast or something uh, after hours and then start to work it into your, your normal business hours. Then if that's what you got to do, sometimes that's what you got to do to get yourself. It's making an investment in your future. And, um, you know, sometimes I will tell uh, clients, well, all right, so you need to say no to a new client or you need to say goodbye to a current client you know, once you're at the point where your business is sustainable and Mm -hmm. in order to create what you want to do for your future, whether that's a course, a book, um, you you need to to carve out that time to create for yourself. So as we're talking about this, it kind of occurs to me that there are a few conditions that I think both of us have put in place kind of subconsciously, at least subconsciously for me, that I think contribute to this... um, it's funny the word flow, right? So like if you have it, if you have an outlet, I think having an outlet is a key piece of this. It never occurred to me before that, like I always say something about when people ask me about daily writing and they're like, like, how could you do it? I'm like, how could I not do it? I don't, I wouldn't know how to stop. It would terrify me to stop because it, it's this, I, I usually say it creates this like background process, like a software term. It creates a background process in my mind that's always like metal detector for gold, solid gold ideas. you know, it's like mm-hmm. always looking, but it, it's kind of like, that's one way to think about it, but I almost like this way better, which is that you've got this outlet. So if, if an idea pops into your head, it's going to become used. It's got a place where it could have a life, you know, it could like, right. It could, could like live. go into the world and like reach someone else's brain and maybe reproduce, you know, like, like, uh, like genes, or I guess that's what memes comes from, right? So, so I think having the outlet is really important. And that's when people are like, oh, but, you know, they're like doing the math, like, well, you know, if it takes me an hour a day, and that's five hours a week, and, or, you know, or seven hours a week, if I do seven days a week, and like, well, you know, how many leads is it going to get me? And, you know, they're asking me, they're doing the math. And I'm like, no, you just uh, like, no, it's, it's not a where different it's kind of. It's a different kind of math. Yeah, it's a different kind of math. And I, I usually say to people, the best thing about daily writing is it makes you better, it makes you smarter, it makes your insights deeper, it differentiates you because you have new ideas or old ideas framed in radically new ways. And you'll never come up with that stuff if you don't, if you're not thinking like this on a regular basis, at least, at least one day, and one day a week is not even, I can't even with that, but at least a few days a week, maybe three days a week, five days a week, seven days a week. Um, and having that outlet I don't know if I don't know if it produces more ideas. I think it does. If it produces what? 
more ideas. Ah. I think it actually produces more ideas because the deadline is always there also. So the deadline is like, it's a condition that it's a decision that I made in 2016 that every day creates a stimulus, stimuli, stimulus, stimulus for me to like, oh yeah, I have to write my email. So it's like, I didn't decide to think up an idea. It's like, I'm reacting to a decision I made six years ago every day. I react to that old decision and it makes me think of something and having the outlet plus the deadline is, is really key, really, really key. And then the having some space, finding some space or working it into your routine in some way where your brain is not distracted by something else. So you've got a, a time in my case, I'll just keep talking about daily. You've got, I've got a time every day where the other things that are in my environment, like in my sensorium, as they say, um, are quiet enough that I can, I don't want to say bored again, but it's like, it's like I can, my idle. brain can be idle. Yeah. yeah. My brain is idle. I've got the outlet. I've got this, the stimulus of the deadline. My brain is idle. And, and then I resist the temptation to release that boredom or release that tension by by distracting myself with a podcast or a book or, you know, really those are the two, the two things I do. So if once that chain of events or chain of, of characteristics are in place, I can't help it. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. like, it's like this f- fountain from which ideas come out. I'm, I'm certainly not saying all or even most of them are good, but they definitely wouldn't exist in the world if those chain of that chain of four or five things wasn't in place, am I leaving anything? Like what are like you do yeah. it with a me- kind of like a meeting? Is there anything? Yeah, there's a lot of different ways to do it, but I, I want to go back to something you said at the very beginning of that, which is that you sort of asked the question: Does having an outlet create the ideas? I, I I'm going to say yes, and I agree. You need some other conditions, but the second that you have an outlet and you've given yourself a job around it. I'm going to uh, write something or I'm going to um, publish an episode, you know, once a week, once a day, three times a week, five times a week, whatever it is. When you put those two things together, I absolutely believe that that creates ideas. And to your point, they're not all good. They're not going to be. But that's kind of the point is you get really good at distinguishing which ones are going to work with your audience. Right. Because you're going to try some that, eh, you know, Mm -hmm. you didn't hit a home run. It was kind of neutral. And then you try some where people get all up in arms about something, which might be a really good one. Um, And then you'll find something where you get all this feedback talking about how helpful this was and how much this really worked for them. And so you get that feedback and it it gives you the energy to keep doing more. Right. Yeah. It creates a perpetual idea machine. It's that was a notice when my mailing list hit around 500 people maybe a little more than that, it started to self-sustain because I would, without fail, I'd get a, a, a at least a question a, a week, almost daily, I'd get some question, some follow-up question. So mm-hmm. then it's just, now you're just answering questions every day. It's like, well, how am I going to get enough ideas for the list? It's like, if <laughs> once you have a few hundred people on there, you're never going to want for ideas again. You're always yeah. going to have, you know, something new to write about. So, and, and I, I do want to point, I, I guess I want to add on a sort of, in the outlet piece, the having the outlet, I think a subcategory of that is that the outlet is 
this is interesting. The outlet isn't just a, well, okay. Because I want to work in, I think there's another piece to this that really helps me. And it's the, my content solar system idea and having a sun in the center of it that is that provides gravitational pull for all of these different ideas, but they, they work as a, an overall system because of the pull of the central theme. And there's something about that also helps me. I feel like it's part of, it's just kind of like a piece of the outlet part. It's kind of like mm -hmm. the promise I made to the audience. I don't want to say the out audience is the outlet because you could, you could be publishing things with no audience. You probably will start that way. Right. But once you make a promise to the audience and it's like, it's like, who is this for? What's the promise to those people? Like if you give me your email address, I promise I'll never spam you. Yeah, if, if you read my email every day, I promise you'll be glad you did, you know, uh, and it'll be, you know, it'll be. I think in my welcome email, it says something like a, a daily shot of vitamin B for your business. And, you know, it'll be something thought provoking or, um, or useful, directly useful or whatever. You know, the goal is just make the reader glad they read it and then they'll read it again tomorrow. Um, so I think that's, that's all for me, that's all wrapped up in the outlet, but it's discreet it, enough it that is. I think... Yeah, it's distinct. I mean, I, you know, I call it your point of view and your lanes of content, but it's the same concept. Yep, same and thing. it's this idea that you're not just writing to write or having a podcast to hear yourself talk. It's about figuring out what it is that you want to share. How are you going to get your audience to the transformations that you promise? What are the, you know, what what's the small group of things that you really want to talk, speak, write about? It, yeah, it's really important because without that, what have you got? Um, but I also think that it's, there are people who are really good at thinking through the point of view and the, and the, the lanes of content, but then really struggle with actually starting with creating the outlet. Okay, I have this idea. This is what I'm going to do. All right, so now what should the outlet be? And that's, you know, yes, it's strategic. There's some tactical decisions in that as well, but it needs to be public. That's what this yeah. is about. Right. Yeah, it can't be like your diary. Like yeah. maybe writing journaling or something that might be useful to people, but that's not publishing, you know. That's why I, yeah. that's why I usually don't just say writing, write every day cuz a lot of people write every day, but they don't publish every day. Yeah. The publish me, is the hard part. Oh, yeah. That's where all the fear comes. That's when the fear oh. comes comes gunning for you. Yeah. Pressing that button. Oh, yeah. And that's why I love, I think email is the most magical, perfect one because it, you can't go back and edit it. It's too late. Like the typo mm -hmm. is there. The grammatical mistake is there. You you left out a word. You you left out the word not. <laughs> I've done that a couple times. Like. <laughs> It, I was supposed to write, I would not do X, Y, or Z, but I leave out the word not, and it's like, <laughs> what? Right? Oh, so yeah. that's the beauty of email. Because yeah. even when I did have a, a like a lame blog in the, you know, 2011 and 10, 9 back then, I would go back and futz with stuff on an old post, just like out of boredom or perfectionism or something. Be like, ah, oh, that could be a little better if it was like this. It's like, no, email, too late. You press send, no, it's gone. Done. And if you don't like it, then try harder tomorrow. You know, do better next time. It's really, it, it has that very, you know, like newspaper journalist daily deadline, no undo kind of feeling that turns it almost into a performance art in certain in a certain way. It's it's not quite, but it's a little bit like that because you have to do it so 
quickly and smoothly and and it just has to come out right you know it's like it's like doing it live there's no editorial process or you know not that mm. you couldn't have that but you know i know seth godin does it differently uh, everybody i know that writes daily does it differently you get your own weird system everybody's got their own weird system um, but it's important anyway public it's very important really interesting that you, i've never thought of it that way of your daily writing as performance art or, or you know almost um, yeah. And and I think that may be some of the fear factor that keeps people who would benefit from doing that um, mm-hmm. from doing it because you know we're experts, right? We're we're known for our knowledge about and our experience on this thing. So performance art feels like the opposite of that. <laughs> I mean, it does. It feels very different. Uh, in what way? Well, performance art is being in the moment and going with whatever happens and Mm. you're creating as you go Uh, many experts are creating before you see it i mean they they can go with the flow like on a podcast interview or something like that but they want to be able to feel like what they're putting out there is uh, not even vetted but kind of vetted by themselves Mm. that they've and that's probably where some of that whether that's perfectionism or when you used to tinker with things because you could um, yeah, it's, it's just an interesting way to think of it. I don't think there's a right or wrong here. I mean, I think it's, it's style and it's your audience and, and the things that you believe, your, uh, your point of view. But yeah, I like that there's opposite ends of the spectrum. Hey, let's just, let's just go with this, right? I, and I'm not going to worry about that I said, oh, I do instead of I, I wouldn't do. <laughs> and, you know, and you go with it. And yeah. why not? That's because that's your style. That's that's part of your genius. I, I don't know if this is relevant, but it's it feels like it might be, you know, for, especially for anybody who hasn't done a more what you would normally consider a performance art, like, you know, like singer, songwriter or dance or whatever. Uh, yes, you're in the moment. Yes, you're creating on the fly. But there is a ton of structure around what you're doing. So there's 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 safety rails all over the place. Right. Yes, you can still mm-hmm. screw up. You can definitely still screw up. But even like the masters, like improvisational masters, they screw up with style. Like the like when they <laughs> screw up, they've got five ways to make it funny or make it make sense or make it like it was on purpose. Not just one way. They've screwed up so many times that they know how to screw up awesomely. And you can't notice that it was a screw up. It's like, oh, hit a wrong note. Hit it five more times. Meant mm-hmm. to do that. <laughs> you know? <laughs> So it, it's not, I, I just wanted to, for folks who haven't yeah. done performance art, uh, there's a, there is a lot of structure and guidelines and frameworks and th- it's, it's not complete making stuff up as you go. It, it's not like, uh, it's not like that. You know, there's t- your ability to screw up is a lot smaller than you might think if you know what you're talking about, you know, and yeah, I just wanted to put that out there because it's not, it probably wouldn't be obvious. And it probably, it might be a, a big cause of that fear of like, oh, I could never press send without, you know, three people and, uh, uh, and Grammarly reviewing what I wrote. Right, right, right. Yeah. And it, it goes all over the place. It's interesting because I used to have a client who had an editor and then got rid of the editor and still kept posting the stuff. But it was, oh my God, it was full of stuff (laughs) that really didn't need to be there and and it was fascinating because he really didn't care 
<laughs> and uh, I don't, I'm, I, I couldn't prove that the audience cared either. But it was an interesting exercise because he just didn't care. Hmm. And yep. yeah, and I have to say, in this case, it bothered me because it was consistently, you know, there were there were a lot of editorial style errors, and it's just the, like frustrated English teacher and me just wants it right. And I'm not talking about like we've talked before, like just using slang and stuff like that. I'm all for that, but yeah, it's you also want to show respect for your audience. So there's the, yeah, there's this balance in there, well, and I think it's different for each of us. Yeah. That's that's my um, that's my the, the my quality control is not that I'm going to run it through an editor first. My quality control is that every time I compose one of these emails, I want it I want the reader to feel like it was worth every second of their life that they spent reading it. So that's the bar I have to clear. And if I had yeah. too many typos or too many too many omissions of the word not. They would start to be like, this person is wasting my time. They don't actually, you know, Stark doesn't actually care about my time. He's just pumping crap out because it's time to pump crap out today. So I can't, I, so you can't just completely, well, you could, I mean, I think it would be counterproductive to completely be like, whatever. I, I, I don't think you meant that your, your example there completely didn't care about the audience. I think it just didn't care about, you know, like if, if I was receiving an email from someone that had some typos in it or whatever, but the idea was genius. I would, you know, I would forgive, I would forgive that. It's just, but it's, that's a case by case. I, I get people who notice the typo disclaimer in my daily email and, and they get angry and like, why would you be so unprofessional to promise typos? <laughs> and I'm like, look, this is not, my stuff's not going to be for you. You know, yeah. it doesn't, yeah. it's just not, if you're going to worry about that and not and like miss the forest for the trees, I don't want to have typos. Some of them that they're there, like T H E R E and T H E I R. That kills me when I do that. It kills me. Oh, I know. We all, and it's we all brutal. do it. In fact, oh, I think I'm getting worse rather than better. <laughs> right. But yeah, yeah. But I think when I when I said editorial, the, well, let me back up. I really like the filter that you use. So my audience has to get value from this. And it's really hard to go wrong when when anybody uses that as a filter. I want yeah. to help my audience with this. How can I do that? Um, but sometimes it can be a little too easy for someone to write about their own personal experience, especially if your brand is built on, I did it this way, so you should do it this way. So you've got to find that balance between talking about yourself, talking about ideas, talking about what other people have done with this idea. So there's that balance too. And I'm not even remotely suggesting everybody needs an editor. Um, but in this one case, yeah, I think an editor was <laughs> a good idea. Is there anything in that? I have a little trick that I use to to make sure that I'm writing for the audience and not just writing, which might not make sense in this show, but it's. I'll just quickly say it's like I I try super hard to never start an email with the word I. Mm. It's really hard. Mm -hmm. So like because a lot of times my email is inspired by something that happened that day to me. Yeah. So I'll be like you know I, and. It's just really natural to start off like, oh, today I, or I did this today. <laughs> and yeah. so it forces me, but by having that rule and trying to actually overall the entire email, I try to minimize I, I, I try to put you everywhere I possibly can uh, and not talk about me as much. And 
And that exercise of, of you know, I go to start the email, like, today I, but, uh, okay. Yeah. Then you have to think. <laughs> it's hard. You have to think what's in it for the reader. So, like, because then I'm going to lead with that. You know, I'll say something like, like, what's the, I have to say, well, what's the point of, of this story? Why am I going to tell it? It's got to be in support mm-hmm. of something. I'm not just, it's not, this is not my diary. I'm not here to say like, oh, today, you know, whatever, I skinned my knee. It's like, who cares? Like, why would anybody care? What's the question that would bring the bring the reader into the conversation and not just me be talking about myself? Uh, so again, one it's like one of those little frameworks and mental, you know, if, if daily mm-hmm. writing is a performance art, that's one of the little, it's a riff or, or like, um, it's more, it's almost like a, a modulation or a key or something that a musician would use to give themselves a fighting chance, you know, to like do something good. It's like all of these, I, I'm not going to say rules. It's like guidelines and all these little things. And like, I probably have a dozen of them. I don't even remember, but that you just made me think of that one because it's, it helps it be about the reader. But again, I, I feel like I'm getting off topic though. You got any tricks like that, that you, that you use to, uh, that's related oh. to the outlet and the the. I I I don't I don't think of them as tricks. Kind of like you said, it's yeah. You don't really think of them that way. But I think the biggest thing is, if I'm writing for or I'm I actually I do this with podcasts would be a good example. Is if I'm a guest on somebody else's podcast, I will listen to episodes and more than one, and I I really want to understand their audience. And I give it thought ahead of time. I mean, I try to learn what I can about their audience. And usually podcast hosts are very generous. If you ask, tell me about your audience, they'll tell you. And so I'll think about that and think about, okay, are they soloists? Are they heading firms? Are they writers? Are they engineers? Like, how are they think? How do they act? How do they how do they participate in their community? Those kinds of things. So it's it's that. Uh, I guess you would call it empathy, perhaps, but it's it's a translation, really, of trying to understand where this new audience is, how the host interacts with them, or if it was a media outlet, how the editors interact with the readers, and then how can I translate what I think I have to share for that audience? What what am I going to pick? What's the right topic? What's the right angle? And then how can I pass it from me to them mm-hmm. that doesn't sound yeah. like a trick at all but it's it's just it's being prepared i guess in this case i just want to be really respectful of the audience and if they're going to spend a half hour 45 minutes or god forbid an hour <laughs> with me and they, they have you know they don't know who i am it's like i i want to give them something valuable for that mm-hmm. time yeah i do something really similar if i'm going to go on a show and it's for architects then i'm going to i'm going to pull out all of my architectural examples and use language from their world instead of talking about software examples which is the mm-hmm. my normal go to but in the, and those are all personal almost always personal like i i can really speak to those uh, but i purposely look for examples from industries where people people are people get on my list that are in other industries now you know, photography, architecture, law, accounting. And, and I look for, I interview people from those spaces. I find examples from them. And then if I'm going to go on a show for architects, I'm going to pull up my notepad. I'm going to jot down three or four examples using terminology from that space. And I, I can't even come up with it on the spot right now. Like the software stuff's easy for me, but I have to prep a little bit, be like, oh yeah, 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 landscape architect. 
they do they work like this and you know oh yeah, yeah okay so like this this term is actually a loaded term it means something different to them than to the general public mm-hmm. and so I kind of like I kind of like pre-lingo myself get get like into the lingo a little bit but yeah the ultimate goal is the same it's the same as what you said it's the same as is on my daily list it's like how do I make people glad that they spent all this time listening it's it's always the same thing it's always the same thing and that'll it- if you flip it around, like think of something that you've read or listened to where you didn't feel like they respected your time. Oh, God. You know, like you listen yeah. to this thing that you think is going to be educational and it's it's all a, a, a sell job for some mm-hmm. program, you yeah. know? Yeah. Just yeah, think of it that way. You just don't want that to be you. Right. Like hand wavy, high level garbage to sell some program. And it's like, ugh so infuriating oh i I, this happened maybe a year ago i bought a product from someone who's well known in the digital space it was a really simple product i thought oh it'd be fun i think it was like 500 bucks or something oh my god it was so freaking bad i can't even (laughs) tell you and Mm -hmm. it's not there weren't typos it wasn't that there were even some pretty pictures in it but it was so fluffy Mm -hmm. it was unmitigated fluff (laughs) and i was like Oh, it, it just, it's funny. I got mad out of proportion. Because <laughs> <You know? laughs> I'm, I'm thinking this person has a really high visibility in their space. They had amazing testimonials to this thing. And it's, you know, and it was one of those product in a box kind of things. But it was so, and it was, it was big. There was a lot in it, but it was fluff. It mm. was, I was like, who's going to get value out of this? I don't get it. Yeah. Yeah. So... First you create. Eat dessert last. Yeah. Well, and, and the thing is, though, it's the create in some ways, you know, is the dessert. You know, when you get to this point, and I think Jonathan, you and I are both there, where we really enjoy creating this stuff. And that doesn't mean in the moment when it's hard to figure out that we're not grumbling, going, <clears throat> I can't figure this mm. out. But it really, it is a dessert of it of its own it really is it's just it's hard to get started it's maybe like that dessert that's good for you so it's it's there's a total parallel for me with um with karate and with uh, going to the gym so it's like almost always i don't want to go it's like ugh, i've got a lot of stuff going on today or my calf hurts or <laughs> i stayed up too late last night or whatever there's always something like you know it'd be a lot easier to just like do nothing or do something else yeah. or like, you know, goof around in the garage. But I go and then every time without fail, I'm like, I am so glad I went. Like it mm-hmm. got, you know, it got me out of a funk or um, my calf doesn't hurt anymore or whatever, you know, get the blood flow going. It feels so much better after. And it's the exact same way, even though we both love doing it. I, I love like writing yeah. my daily emails, like a highlight of my day. And But right before I write the daily email, I don't it's not that I don't want to do it. It's that there's a, there are a l- other things competing for my attention that are much easier. There's no, you know, what yes. does Seth Godin say? Dancing with the fear. There's no fear to dance with. Like, like, what if the muse doesn't show up today? What if I don't, you know? But honestly, it's so minor. It used to be bigger. When I wrote weekly, it was brutal. What writing weekly is so much harder, in my opinion. Because you're you're doing one big dance a week with the fear instead of a bunch of little tiny you know, little shuffles and you just get used, you just, you don't notice it anymore. It, it goes way much faster because you're, you're already in the, you're like so easy to get back into the flow of it, of things. 
and boom, it's done. You're like, ah, oh, it's like a little little jewel that now exists in the universe. It's like when I used to write a song, I'm like, where did that come from? There's this thing now. It's yeah. like a real thing. And it came from nowhere. It didn't come from me. It just popped out. <laughs> yeah. Well, and the other thing is like, I, I don't feel the fear around content very, very seldom. And I, and when I say the fear, I'm not worried that I won't get an idea. I used mm-hmm. to worry about that. I don't, I, I've proven and, and I, I felt like I proved that to myself that I, I could finally write a book. It was like, mm-hmm. okay, if I have enough to say to fill a book, and when I was done with the book, I had ideas for three more. Mm-hmm. Okay, I don't have to, the, the ideas are there. So if there's fear, it might come from um, taking a controversial idea and putting it out there. I think I mentioned this before. The first time I wrote an email that was just for soloist women, I was like, my finger was kind of shaking as I'm getting ready to, you know, to cue that up. Um, and it, but it's good to have some of that fear. I, I think it's good if you're not if you're not trying some new things. You know, you're not going to have any fear, and you'll stay where you are. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm recording. A- podcast with my brother matt that's like politics religion all that stuff that's nerve-wracking <laughs> i'm like oh man that would scare the crap out of me oh yeah yeah it's i i don't think it's cancel worthy but it's definitely outside of my comfort zone but uh we'll see what happens when when that finally launches but, fun. but anyway it's there right that that fear is yep. more there um yep. than than with the daily stuff because we're so in our in our lane and you know like like the stuff i wrote the past week about you know, where your thoughts come from and involuntary thoughts and exposure to bad stimuli, all of that stuff. That's kind of outside of my lane. That's a new planet in my, my content solar system. That's not, I've never talked about that before. It's very like, it's, it's closer to the sort of philosophical than I usually go. I'm usually like pretty much. Are you getting woo woo on us, Jonathan? Yeah. It's like, Ooh. To me, it's still practical. It's just a more, um, because it's this thing, it's this frustration that I come up against working with people. It's like very yeah. practical. Yeah, it's mindset and it's important, yeah. but it's just, it's a little ethereal um, right. for people. But yeah, making it practical brings it down to earth and it's easier to wrap your arms around it. Yeah, it's a lot less tangible than like pricing a productized service or starting a podcast. Like those are very tactical and, you know, so it's, it's, it's pretty, I mean, yeah, I guess it is pretty woo woo, but I see it as practical. Otherwise I wouldn't write about it. Well, I, I was teasing you because I don't think it's woo-woo. I think it's <laughs> okay. it's it's an integral part of how we are successful doing the work that we do because you know, maybe we're selling products, but the product is around our expertise. It's very personal, these businesses we run. And it gets all wrapped up. Your psyche gets all wrapped up in what you think about yourself, what your parents told you, what the world tells you about who you are, what, you know, what color your skin is or what part of the world you came from. It's, it's complicated. And I think the important thing is that, that we get out of our own way as much as we can and put that genius that each of us has out in the world for other people to benefit from. That's why it's so important to create first. Nice wrap up. That was great. <laughs> okay, rant done. <laughs> that was perfect. Cool, folks. All right, well, that's it for this week. I'm Jonathan Stark. And I'm Rochelle Moulton. And we hope you join us again next time on The Business of Authority. Bye. Bye-bye.